This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pal band. ADT Taxis, Eatney, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Leicester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans debate each match with us. Follow us at Lester Fan TV. Good evening, welcome to Lester Fan TV. My name's Phil. You are tonight watching the Fox's Tail Show. Tom can't make it tonight, so I've stepped into his shoes and I will try and film them as good as Tom does it. Um, what a win it was on Sunday against Manchester City. Um, Leicester flying high, but tonight it is time to take one of our trips down memory lane. We've got, well, he's a very famous Leicester player. Didn't play for us, sadly, for many games, but lots of fans still mention Gary Copesworth today in some of the comments we have so Gary is going to be joining us very very shortly so whatever questions you've got for Gary he is going to be with us live we can put them to him let's get Sinky on very briefly Sinky how are you I'm pretty good still feeling good after Sunday like everybody else yeah indeed John indeed we've got Gary Coates with who you remember very well because just before we bring him on you were a BBC you were the BBC commentator well you were behind the goal, weren't you, that day? At Don't that tell stage, us too much yet. Yeah, at that stage, I was a reporter, so I was behind the goal where Walsh scored. So uh, you were like the roving mic, were you? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Is that right. what they call it? Right, yeah. well, before we get into your stories about that day, let's add in Gary, because he's the one we all want to speak to. Here he is, Gary. Evening. Good evening to you. Thanks very much for joining us. How are you? No bother. I'm fine, thanks. Fine, <laughs> doing good, doing good. Gary, um, let's let's go back. I mean, you were you were at Leicester for it was about three seasons back in the early to mid nineties, wasn't it? Ninety one to ninety four. Yeah, will have been round about then. Uh, but uh, just before we get to your Leicester career, obviously you, you started sort of your first sort of few appearances were for Barnsley and then Darlington, weren't they? 
It was, yeah. I was at Barnsley for a couple of years. Uh, then uh, I got released from there. Brian Little took us to Darlington. And so you had a couple, back. couple of seasons at Darlington, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We uh, our, our first signed when they went in the conference. Uh, then we won the conference in Division 4. Then Brian left uh, to take up Leicester. Then uh, he came in for us around about October time, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gary, that's normally one of the first questions you are, we ask ex-players. What brought you to Leicester? But it was clearly that Brian Little connection. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, uh, it was just uh, the ambition in that he had and the way he come across. And he was, he was just a great manager to play for. Yeah, indeed. John? And he really turned things around, didn't he? Not only at the club, but at the training ground. I remember the pool table disappearing and so on. And oh, really, yeah. And obviously, he'd had the experience of playoffs in the previous two years. So, I guess there was some determination when it came to playing Derby. Oh, it was. Uh, especially Derby. Uh, I think it was one of the biggest games for us, really. And to beat them, I think it was even better. I mean, Gary, we, we have, I mean, that season, we have leapt straight onto the Derby playoff final, which is probably one of your most famous moments in a Leicester shirt. I mean, for, for myself as a fan, and, you know, I've said this a few times, that 1994 playoff final was actually better than Leicester winning the Premier League, if I'm honest. That was like the, <laughs> the best ever one-off match I've been to in 40-odd years. So yeah. being part of it as a player, was it quite a special day? It was. Uh, it was. You, when people see it, try and take as much in as you can. The right because you you forget. And the, the main thing I I always remember it was uh, walking out the tunnel and the the sound of the supporters. It was just deafening, and uh, you could feel it as always uh, vibrating through through your chest. It was that loud, and it was overwhelming, really. Yeah, and you, looking at the starting eleven, you started almost in a, almost as a right wing back, didn't you? Because they played three at the back with Grayson, Willis, and Carey. We went though yeah. on the other side. We, we were you expected to play like a wing back then? Do you think? Well, and that, that's uh, we like to Brian Little. That's the way he like to play mainly. Uh, he do that all the way through Darlington, uh, and I played in that position there for him as well. And he normally plays with either normally the the left-sided one with a, a, a winger in front or on the right-sided one is just by yourself, really, up and down. So yeah. he, he, had, he had the set plans. He had planned out all the way. And, of course, you got an assist on the first goal. You lobbed it forward. Walsh headed it down and somehow Williams bobbed underneath it on the line. <laughs> just when you watch it, you still kind of believe it. No, exactly. I know. I, my brother-in-law is a Derby fan, and even what is it? We're 26 years after, and I still, I still taunt him about Paul Williams for some reason ducking down under it. Uh, no idea what he was doing. <laughs> still, we'll, we'll we'll take it. Obviously, um, you say walking out in front of the fans. The, play, the playoff finals are so special because Wembley is absolutely packed. There is, I think, there was eight thousand just about there that day. It is yeah. forty thousand Leicester fans, which is. More than we get at the King Power now. So, it was an incredible atmosphere, Gary. Oh, it was a great atmosphere. And like I say, that's, that's the main thing I can remember. Just coming out of that tunnel, 
And as soon as I say you're coming out, was the noise. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. It was frightening. What did you think? We spoke with Brian Little a couple of weeks ago on here. We interviewed with him and had a great chat yeah. with him. He said, he said that day um, he felt his job was on the line a little bit. And he said when he made that master stroke, as it turns out, but he said he was, he didn't have no ideas about putting Walshy up front. What did you think when you saw Steve Walsh pretty much hobble into the team and go up front? I think with 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 Steve, uh, you could he'll always give a hundred and ten percent. He'll run through a brick wall for for Leicester, and I think he he give you that uh, that aggression and that up, up front. Like you knew if you put a ball in the box, he would be on it, and it, and it proved throughout the season he could finish. He played up front a few times during the season, and he scored loads of goals. Yeah, and of course uh, for the second goal. Ian Norman Droid had a big part to play in that, didn't he? Cross, crossed in from Joe Chim, I, I guess, came off the bench. And good save from the keeper initially, wasn't it? It was a great but save, I, and then uh, Waller was in the right place at the right time again. So, John, you you remember that goal, John, because that was the, was that the goal you were behind? Yeah, I was, I was behind, behind the goal, the goal before reporting. Well, she ran directly towards me. I actually put my arms up because I thought he was going to run into me, but his eyes had gone completely. <laughs> he, he ran to the crowd. Uh, to, to celebrate and uh, I started celebrating and got told off by the stewards and I just ignored them because I didn't care then, to be honest we were 2-1 up uh, and it was uh, it was terrific you know I think Joe Chim um, Gary came off the bench didn't he uh, I think so from what I can remember yeah it wasn't in the starting 11 I remember that yeah Gary is it one of those is it one of those days where you go blimey such a dramatic day but I you know struggle to remember much about what was going on, just being in the middle of it all. It is, like I say, it's like people always say, when you talk to uh, people who's been there and done it, they'll always say, try and take in as much as you can because you, you, you'll forget uh, in the right. Like I say, uh, the, the main part was walking out. So well, maybe that's to, all I can remember. I remember you said to me afterwards, and I don't know what I said to you, but later on you took issue with me about Something I said to you at the time after the game, but I remember—I don't remember what it was though. But, uh, well, it, but we didn't fall out or anything. But we just had a laugh about it later. I think it sounds like you two have got no memory at all about anything to do with the day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I think with those, uh, Phil, you just remember certain things. Yes, it is. I. I mean, Gary. Something that most Leicester fans, and I said in the intro, people still talk about you today, Gary, for, in Leicester when we do our post chats about what's going on now because people still say we need a Gary Coatsworth to get stuck in there you didn't take many <laughs> prisoners did you well, probably not but it's like I, I, uh, I don't know I was something I don't can John can you hear Gary yeah, I think just, we've just lost just him frozen on us actually Gary, if you can hear us, see if you can click back in. Um, I'm there, I know. The more, the, more physical, the more physical it was, the, I think the more comfortable I, I felt. I, I enjoyed it when it was like that. And, and I, I enjoyed it when the support of the, the away fans uh, were getting on me back because I thought, oh, I must be doing something right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it was, Gary. I think that's why fans still remember you now after all this time is the fact that you were... You didn't take many prisoners and you did get stuck in. And, and that is, fans Fans will forgive 
so many things when they see a player just, you know, play with pride and play with 100%. And that was the sort of player I think you were at Leicester. Oh, yes. I, I always say, I would always give one at 10%. Uh, and and put my foot, my head, whatever it need be, in to, to, to stop a goal. I've got a question here for for you, or a memory from Ian Barron, who who says he's not a, he's a Darlington fan, and he says I can remember that balmy hot day at Welling. Thanks so much. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> Do you remember uh, that? What, a, what, was, that what the goal, was uh, goal the, you scored? The goal I scored uh, when it took uh, Darlington into the back in the league. Uh, and uh, I, I remember going up for the header, going in, and I, I think I jumped in the crowd after that. So, <laughs> so a big, it? obviously a big, a big fan's favourite up there at Darlington. Chris Leonard says, oh, and again, you did score four goals for Leicester, and he's saying about that yeah. goal against Luton. It, oh yes, yeah. somebody's talking about a worldie as well. Is it the same one? Somebody's talking about what? Well, what was your goal against Luton? Do you remember? Get, I, I do that one because I get reminded of like quite a bit <laughs> at work as well. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was either Gavin Ward or Kim Poole in goal that kicked it off the floor from out the box. And I think uh, Speedo went up for a header. And I was coming on to it from uh, midfield and it just just come back, just right, just sat, sat right to volley it. And luckily, it went in the co- uh, bottom corner. Nice. It's here's another question for you. Keith says, uh, "Gary, what happened to your tash?" <laughs> <laughs> it was a was good that... one, that one, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a good, a good tash. tash. <laughs> is it long gone? Uh, I shaved that off a few years ago. I think that went with me hair. Yeah, we've all been hair. I've got another one. Keith says. He says, Mickey Whitlow and Colin Hill used to say you're a bit of a lightweight on the beer. Can you confirm this? Ah, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I didn't drink much. I didn't drink much. <laughs> Excellent. And I've got another one from Frankie the Fox, and this is something we want to get on to. How, he says, how are you now, Gary? Are you still involved in football? What, what was life? Because obviously you left Leicester. You, you picked up. Yeah. Um, well, pretty much, you didn't play much after Leicester, did you? You had a you had an injury right when you started at Leicester, and yeah. then an injury sort of ended your career, didn't it? Well, what what happened uh, when I signed for Leicester? Uh, I think when I made my debut, or a few games after, I snapped my cruciate, and I went in for an operation for me college, and found out my college was okay, but my cruciate had snapped, so I had an operation for that. Out for a few months with that. Then uh, I think I, it was up, leading up to the playoff final. I'd have trouble with my ankle. Uh, kept after the game, it was all stiff and all that. And what had happened is a cysted burst and went through the joint. Uh, so I had that removed, but it didn't improve. It just got got worse. So I decided to call it a day. One of the probably the biggest decisions I've had to make. And what what was life like after football, Gary? What 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 have you done since your footballing career? Well, I come back. I moved back to Sunderland. Uh, I played with Speddy Moore for a bit, uh, yeah. then I, I ended end up working at Nissan. Uh, on there, I've worked my way up to supervisor, and hopefully, in a, about another three four years' time, I'll be looking to retire. And that's where you are now, Gary. Still working up at Nissan. I'm still there now. I. 
Still been, there, uh, about 20, 25, 26 years in there now. Yeah, a long time. I've got another question for you here. And um, Sinky, get ready for you can ask a question in a minute. But Keith says he used to love the atmosphere as a fan at Filbert Street. Um, Gary, what's your memories of Filbert Street? And, the, and how do you think empty grounds will be affecting teams all around the country playing like that? Oh, the the, fa the the fans was unbelievable. Like I always, I always uh, come across uh, who always uh, friendly, supported you, and like I say, and, and I think one of the biggest success when you look at the uh, while we were there, even in the reserves, you were getting ten thousand in the new stand when they set up the uh, yeah, the Carling stand. I uh, when they set up that. And it, it, it was just great. Like for a reserve game and you're getting that, but I, I just couldn't imagine playing in front of nobody. Oh. It's just like having a practice match. And could I ask about your memories after the game had finished? Because like, for me, I was behind the goal and uh, uh, Gibson, Colin Gibson came towards me and I started interviewing him, but I was in, not in the right area. So I was actually being dragged off the pitch by a steward while I was doing the interview. Uh, and then obviously we went down in the tunnel and everybody was kind of very vocal about and celebrating. But what do you remember about once the game had actually, been, you know, the final whistle had gone? Well, I, I, it was one of them where, you know, when you're sitting on the edge of your seat and you're just waiting for the, the final whistle to, to go on the pitch with the rest of the lads and things like that. And then uh, when it had finished and went down the tunnel, it was, like you see, it was all... Boisterous and things like that. Yeah. And we went back to the hotel and uh, we had a party. Uh, somebody's just asked Gary, who who was the joker in the pack out the lads in the team while you were there? Who who used to mess around and laugh around? Who oh, uh, are you? Uh, Phil G, me, Phil G, Colin Gibson used to have a laugh. Yeah. Uh, we used to send like Colin. Colin was a lot. Uh, was older than me. So I used to send them saga, saga uh, <laughs> brochures through the to his house with the, his, his front teeth blacked out and that, and he used to send me stuff. So we used to have a good laugh. Who, who Gary? Who did you used to room with when you went on away days? It was Jimmy Willis. Was it? Yeah. Uh, me and Jimmy used to room together at Darlington. Uh, then when he came to Leicester, we were rooming together then. When I first went, it was me and Kevin Poole. And then uh, went to me and Jimmy. Yeah, good accent oh. for Jimmy Willis, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, great, great. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy knows everything about football. I tell you, you can ask him something and he, he, he knows the statistics yeah. and everything. He's a real stato, is he? Oh, he is, I. knows everything. Football mad, Jimmy was. I always give 100%. Yeah. Who, another question for you, Gary. While you were there with that team at Leicester between 91 and 94, who was probably the best player in the team that you played with? Or oh. skillful? Uh, you're looking at like Sir, uh, Steve Thompson, David Orfield, yeah. uh, Colin Hill. The Colin Hill was a great professional, Colin. Um, and then you, you, you've got like Sir Gibbo and that. And then you had uh, Julian coming through at the ranks then. Uh, so there, there, was quite a, there was quite a few uh, who were skillful. And you had the ones who was, uh, you had the people who could pass the ball and you've got the people who could 
uh, win the ball. Uh, so that there was a good mixture. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Do you still keep in touch with any of that era of players, Gary? I've still got uh, like uh, I still Phil G. Uh, keep in touch with Phil, and there's uh, Jimmy Michael Trotter, uh, and I've got Steve Walsh on me on the Facebook and that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, somebody's asked, I'll try and get it up on screen. Andy Meadows says, I think I know the answer to this one, but which team do you support? To be honest, uh, I, I look. I always look to see how Leicester Darlington's getting on. Then I look at Sunderland. Yeah, well, are, you, are, you, are you from Sunderland through and through? I'm from Sunderland originally, yeah. yeah. So were, were they your boyhood team? They were. They were, but gone downhill since... <laughs> Hey, well, look, we've all been down in League One. We, 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 Leicester have shown now you can come back up. Did you ever think, being an ex-Leicester player, that Leicester could go on and win the Premier League in ever, Gary? To be, to be honest, I would say no. I thought they would do well and stay up, and like mid-table, but they've just proved everybody wrong. And they've got a great team there at the minute. Where, where do you think a team like Leicester could... Not finish this season, but I mean, the, the club is trying to. It's got aspirations to to be a top six club, be one of the big six clubs. Do you think a team like Leicester can actually break that top six? I, I, well, the way they're going at the minute, I can see. I can see you being up there, very close to the top six, uh, with the people who are signing and, and the other quality players are fetching in, and they've proven. I think over the last three, four years. And who do you think could win the Premier League? This is what Keith wants to know. Who do you think would be the top three this year? I think you need to stick top Leicester three. in there as one of them, Gary. <laughs> uh, you don't have to say oh. they're going to win it. We're not that <laughs> uh, I think, uh, to be honest, I like I, I enjoyed Liverpool when I think Jurgen Klopp's a great manager. Yes. And it was nice to see a different team win it. And But I think they were going to go on for the next uh, few years to be up the top either winning or, or runners-up. Then you've got like some Man City and Chelsea and, and uh, Man United. And that. I mean, uh, talking of Jurgen Klopp, um, when we chatted with Brian Nettle the other week, he, he was, yeah. he, he came across as such, he, he felt like he was the sort of manager possibly that you would run through walls for. How was he as a manager for you? Obviously, you played for him at two clubs. What sort of style did he have with you, Gary? Oh, I've got every respect to Brian. He done he done wonders for me. He helped us, and like you say, you would you would run through a brick wall for him. He, he made training was very enjoyable. It mixed it up every 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 training session with something different, with like John Gregory and, and Alan Evans. Uh, so and everybody you spoke to had nothing but respect for him, all from Darling all the way through. And the, every, to be honest, everybody, I think, would run through a brick wall for him. Everybody give give 110%. And I think from a media point of view, Phil, as well, he was very easy to deal with. Always had a good conversation with him. He was always very honest and straightforward. And I think from a media point of view, he was just the same. Well, yeah. definitely. I, I, to be honest, all the years like I played for him, I don't think I ever saw him lose his temper once. Uh, not like some other managers, I suppose, where... If we're not playing well, it would just go through where we're going wrong and put it right. Yeah, I remember yeah. he told me off. Told me off was well, he didn't tell me off. He said, <laughs> "Goodness me, 
Cinco. You, lots of difficult questions there after the interview. <laughs> but you know, he didn't. He didn't kind of shy out of it. He answered the questions. Oh yeah, he, he answered the questions. Uh, but the, the thing is, like, I think with us, every where time he made it and enjoy. Even when, as soon as you step through the through the gates, it was enjoyable. You get fined and things like that. Yeah, but. He always finds you, I think, with a smile on his face in the poem. Yeah. <laughs> John Gregory was quite good. You had to, you had to get the right shoe wear on, didn't you, when you went into the training? training oh wear. yeah, you had to wear, you had to be uh, the right right dress code. Yeah. No, you had to wear flip flops. You weren't allowed bare feet on, on the on the ground. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, clean shaven. You had to be clean shaven for match days, and you had to be on time. Was it both Brian? Was it both Brian Little and John Gregory sort of on the training ground with you, or was it more? Did they take different roles with you, Gary? Yeah, uh, I think it was John Gregory, Alan Evans, and uh, Brian Little. And uh, Brian was out as as much as he could. Yeah, I suppose he had other some other things to do and things like that. Uh, but he was out there, and he, t- he used to take training quite a bit with John and Alan, and it was all. It was, it was all different. We we like with John and that. We and Alan. We used to be out before the session started. We used to have a game of like head tennis in the gym or something like that from about nine o'clock. And that was, of course, up at Beaver Drive, which is going to be built on very soon. That is going. I don't know if you've seen any of the Leicester plans. They're spending a hundred million pounds on. A new training ground, which is going to be perhaps one of the best in Europe, Gary. I seen that a uh, few months ago, and I, I just when I seen it, I thought it was unbelievable. Yeah, little old like you, got you, that. you look how, how far they've come now to what they were, to where we were, and that, and, uh, and they've come a very long way in, in a short period of time, really. Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it, Gary? Listen, I'd like to say thanks a lot for from all the fans who've been watching. We've had loads of comments. It's been great to get you on. And um, you are still a fan's favourite. As I say, we still mention get it stuck in a bit like Gary Coates would do, even <laughs> nowadays. So it's been yeah. a pleasure to have you on. No, yeah, but that's been great. great. Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Gary. Good luck. Thanks, Gary. Thanks a lot. Thanks, mate. Thanks, bye. Brilliant. That's bye. great. Bye. Thanks. That was great to get uh, Gary Coates on. Like I say... Fans still talk about him to this day. For somebody who didn't, you know, played, I think, what was it, 30-odd games, scored yeah. four goals. He's just one of those where fans talk to him because he got stuck in a bit. Yeah, and he was a very likeable character as well. So, yeah, I think any player that gets stuck in and shows commitment like he did, the fans are always going to take to, aren't they? And uh, it was great to talk to him, wasn't it? And uh, he's obviously doing well in his job up there. But as you say, great memories of uh, certainly the 94 final. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll see you soon. Okay, mate. Cheers. Thanks, John, for joining us. And thanks for all your comments tonight, especially thanks for Gary Coatesworth for coming on. That was great to have him on. Um, Hopefully, a little message to Tom if he gets to watch this. Hope your dad's getting better, mate. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Don't forget, tomorrow night, Thursday night, is the Fan Zone Show where we've got Loxes hosting it. He's going to be joined with a West Ham fan TV group. And Josh, of course, they'll be talking about the game coming up, Leicester v West Ham, and looking at the Fantasy Football League. See how you're doing. Um, hopefully you're doing well on that. My name's Phil. This is Leicester Fan TV. Thanks to all the people who helped bring us Leicester Fan TV. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. 
with special thanks to our pals at ABT Taxis, Beat Me, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Lester Garage Conversions, Think Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Wade Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans debate each match with us. Follow us at Lester Fan TV. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.